0: I'm back at home, so today we'll see the results of two different reactions to the light of the sun, Jesus. So please join me as we enter God's Word together on this episode of Bible Study Podcast. Welcome back to Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm glad to be back with you today as we continue our trek through the Gospel of John. I'd like to start off by thanking those of you who have been long-time, consistent listeners of the podcast for, uh, for your patience, for your grace, and your prayers and support. As uh, many of you know, I got married two weeks ago and then went on a week-long honeymoon to Colorado Springs. Uh, both Jen and I had a, had a great time out there enjoying one another and in Enjoying a great city to visit, and uh, there's a ton to do in Colorado Springs, so uh, so we stayed somewhat busy, but we also took some time to relax, and you know, had a great time surveying God's creation, and the views of the mountains are, are just simply incredible, and it, it's such a peaceful place. So uh, to those of you who live in Colorado Springs, thanks for letting us have a great trip, and uh, for those of you who are praying for us, thanks a lot. I really do appreciate it. And, and I'd also like to thank those of you listening for the first time. Uh, you're just as special to me and, and to our other host on BibleStudyPodcast.org, and, and we just want to let you know that we're here to help you and pray with you as much as we can. As always, you can reach me at Bible Study Justin at gmail.com, you know, with any praises or requests or comments or questions or anything else you may have. Uh, we're here to help you in any way that we can, so just let us know how we can. So, uh, let's begin with prayer. Our Lord and our God... Thank you for the wonderful blessings you have given us. Thank you for your patience with us, that though we sin, you make a way for us to be reconciled to you. Please bless our efforts to draw close to you and forgive us when we fail. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. As we begin today's episode, I'd like to remind you of the verse that we ended with last time, and that was John 3, verse 17. There we saw that God did not send our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into the world to judge first time at least, but rather to save. This brought up a you know, a somewhat obvious question that we kind of briefly glazed over, but we're going to ponder a little bit deeper today. And that is, how are we judged? So with that in mind, let's read the first verse of our passage today. This is John 3, verse 18. He who believes in Him, being Jesus, is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Right away, then, we're told that judgment is contingent on one thing, and it, and it is something that should sound familiar from when we read the prologue and we saw John 1, verse 12. That one thing is whether or not a person believes in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, I think it would do us well to remember at this point the nature and the goal of names. What I mean is that when we name something or when we name someone we're not just giving it a label, but rather we're somehow defining it. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Why is the eating utensil, which usually has three or four prongs, called a fork? You know, it's not like someone was just sitting around and one day was looking at it and said, Hey, you know, this thing looks kind of like a fork. I think I'll call it a fork. You know, no. You see, to fork something is to separate it. That's why a fork in the road is where one lane splits into two different directions. You know, it separates. It divides. And see, in the same way, the instrument that we call a fork was called that because it's used to separate and to divide food. I mean, anybody that's used a fork realizes that. You you stab it in there, and you pull off a piece of your food, and you eat it. Or you, you grab it, and you separate it away from the food. So you see, the name fork is a way of defining what it does. It is a name for it, but it also tells us a little bit more about what it is, not just what to call it, but what it does. In the same way, when we're talking about believing in the name of Jesus, we're talking about believing in the nature of Christ, that is, in the nature of how He is. In other words, if one believes in the name of Jesus, he's believing that Jesus is the Son of God who has taken on flesh to come and die on the cross for our sins rising on the third day to bring us life. Now this verse is saying that the means by which we are saved or not judged is by believing in the finishing work of Christ on the cross. This is what separates the Christian from the non-Christian, the saved from the lost. It's the belief in Jesus' saving work. Now knowing that, let's continue on to find out what this judgment is in verse 19. The verse reads, This is the judgment. That the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Now, I think this is just fascinating because verse 18 told us that whoever does not believe has already been judged. And here in verse 19, that idea is kind of expanded on as we're told that this judgment is a result of the fact that Jesus, the true light, came into the world, yet men love darkness more than light. Why is it that they love dark more than light? Well, this verse says because their deeds were evil. The word evil in this verse means wicked. Now, on the surface, this still doesn't really tell us why they love the dark more. But in verse 20, we're going to see that this idea is going to be unpacked a little bit more for us. So let's read on. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Now, it becomes a bit clearer for us. Men love the darkness more than the light, you know, the light being Jesus, because their ways, their deeds, are wicked, and they fear that if they come into the light, their wickedness will be exposed. It's here that we begin to make sense of what John said all the way back in chapter 1, verse 5, when he said that the light came into the world, and it shone in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, the world does not understand why someone would want to go to the light. Because it's in the presence of the light that one's sins are clearly seen. It's there that everyone can see how wicked a person really is. It's in the face of Christ, the only sinless man, that we see our sin. It's in the face of a holy God that we recognize how unholy we are. And to the world, this doesn't make sense. They can't comprehend it. Why would you do that? Why would you expose yourself? I think on a personal level, this should also tell us something about why it is that some of our friends, some of our acquaintances, some of our family maybe, won't come to church with us when we ask them. Or, you know, repeatedly decline our invitations to a Bible study or to a church function. You know, they're busy or they just always seem to have a way to get out of it. It very well may be because they are afraid of what others will see in them. They may be afraid of what they'll realize about themselves. It is awfully painful to see yourselves in the light of a holy God. You know, we must remember that when we talk to our unsafe friends, our unsafe family, and these people that we meet, it may not be as simple as just getting them to go to church one week. You know, we may not be able to walk up to them and just say, Hey, you want to come with me? And they'll say, Yes. We may have to build into their lives so they will trust us. You know, we may have to build a bond there so they'll see that we're not trying to expose them to hurt them. but Rather, we want to expose their sins so they may be saved. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just realize here at this point that, you know, this may be why it's not easy to always share our faith. It We do face barriers. Why is this? Because people are afraid of the light. People are afraid of being exposed. And one interesting note I'd like to make before we get out of verse 20 is the fact that the word evil in verse 20, where it says that everyone who does evil, this word carries the meaning of worthless. It's not wicked like we saw in verse 19. It's worthless. So this verse is literally saying that everyone who does things which are worthless hates the light. The idea here is that those who are not saved, those who do their wicked deeds and hide from the light, they're doing worthless things. They have no ultimate meaning in life. They're they're not having any worthy motivation. There's really no goals, no directions there. They're they're simply heading for the doom of judgment. And in a very real sense then, if you want to have a life that has meaning, one of value of worth, then follow the Savior, for that's where the true meaning of life comes from. Well, finally, we we want to close out our section today with the opposite reaction. Most of what we've been talking about today is, is the reaction of those who do not believe in the name of Jesus Christ. However, verse 21 closes out this section of our outline. You know, this part of our outline that we're calling Differing Reactions to the Light of the sun. Well it closes out this section of our outline with a statement about those who do believe. Verse twenty one reads But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. You see the person who practices the truth, that is the person who practices what is true, what is right, that person comes to the light. Now as we mentioned earlier there are two responses to the light. One can either hide from it, so that their sins are not found out, or as we see here, one can turn to it so that his sins are revealed and he can be saved. The result of the person who turns to our Lord Jesus is that his deeds are manifested. Manifested mean they're made clear. They're made clear that his deeds are wrought by God. Now, this is the same word that we get wrought iron about. Wrought, when we say the verb wrought, it's a unique word that kind of means to be formed, to be shaped by a hammer. You know, it's used... A lot of times in reference to shaping something with great care into some kind of elaborate ornament or decoration. And so what this verse is saying here is that there will be an evident change in the person who has turned to God. Those who turn in faith and believe in the name of Jesus Christ are clearly seen as different after they trust Him than they were before. There's a transformation there. You know, Their deeds are different. Their way of life is different because they're living in truth. They're not having to hide In wickedness, they're living in truth, and so they're being shaped by God. They're literally being shaped in God, meaning God is making them as His own. Now, you see, back in the prologue, we mentioned how there was a definite difference between the light and the darkness. But we kind of just left it at that. But now we're beginning to see that, that the difference comes not as a result of the surroundings. You know, it's not because of where you're standing that you choose light or dark. But rather, it's a result of how one reacts to the light. The light is a central issue here. Man is once again given the responsibility for his actions. And this is where the difference can be seen between dark and light. The one who reacts to the light, that is, to Jesus Christ, by hiding in order that his wickedness not be exposed, is already judged, as verse 18. For he has rejected the Son of God by his unwillingness to see himself as a sinner and repent trusting in Jesus however the one who reacts to the light and truth you know the one who realizes his sin and turns to Christ to save him he is saved from judgment and changed into one who is shaped by god an ornament of his saving grace you know a decoration of his mercy to me this is just an incredible passage and and I'll be honest I've been pumped up the last few days getting ready for this just As we're shown how we're just clearly shown what the results of our actions will be, we're shown that Jesus has come to save us, and He has called us to Himself. He has given Himself as a gift. It's made a way possible for us to be saved, despite our sin, despite our sinful nature, and yet the decision is still up to us. The ball is still in our court. How will we respond to Him? Will we turn to Him in truth? Will we allow ourselves to be probed over by the light? Will we let Christ see us as we are? Will we admit we are sinners and we need a Savior? Or will we turn from Him in wickedness? Will we hide from Him? Will we pull back and cower and not get it, not comprehend at all, why anyone would feel like they need a Savior? My friends, the, the choice is yours. Let me remind you once more that if you uh you ever feel the need to get in touch with one of us here at Bible Study Podcast, please feel free to drop us an email. You know, as always, you can reach me at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail dot com. You can reach Toby at Clean Slate Ministries at yahoo dot com. You can reach Matt at Matt B. dot B S P at gmail dot com. You know, all these emails. I'll put on uh, org in the notes section under uh, today's podcast. So if you go on the website to listen to it or if you download it from the website, you can go and click on the more and I'll have these emails for you again. But let me just remind you, if you if you need to get in touch with someone, do it. Please feel free to. We're here to help you. That's We don't get paid to do this. We don't take checks to do this. We do this for you. And so... I just want to encourage you, think about yourself. Are you hiding from the light or are you running to the light? Do you live your life in wickedness or do you live your life in truth? Well, with that, friends, until we meet again, may God bless and keep you. Who could forget the price you paid forever? I've lived in service of you See